Welcome to the Pilgrim's Odyssey, your guide to life's wild ride. I'm your host, Silwan Green. Every day we share incredible stories and valuable lessons on life and faith. Thanks for tuning in and make sure to share this odyssey with your friends and neighbors so all of us together can let our light shine. Welcome friends to another episode of the Pilgrim's Odyssey. On a rainy Wednesday from Orlando, Florida, where I have the honor to be with some law enforcement officers from around the area teaching a class on leadership. During the break today and lunch, I was up in my room having some nourishment, reading the news, and I came across an article on the religion of CrossFit. Yes, that's right, the religion of CrossFit. The gist of the article was that not just CrossFit, but physical fitness, too many, has become a sort of religion. And the way they approach it, and the language that is talked about it. Now, the article was very critical of this. Sort of said that this religion of physical fitness led to a lot of narcissistic tendencies, which you could imagine. I will be judged on how I look and how I physically feel, which we think we can control. It's kind of like Snow White, isn't it? And the wicked witch that wanted to look beautiful forever, which obviously you can't. And that type of beauty is only skin deep, isn't it? But it becomes kind of religion. Now, I have mixed emotions about it because on the one hand, it's not a religion and it's not a good way to find value. But on the other hand, I'm all for self-discipline. I'm all for something that makes you focus on improving yourself. That's not bad. You know, tattoos, kind of the same thing. I think to a lot of people, tattoos have become a sort of religion. It's a way to brand yourself with what you think is important to you, what the things you get value from, to make sense of the good and the bad in your life. And you tattoo yourself. And there's nothing new about that. Tattoos have been around forever, millennia, as old as we are humans. You know, ultimately, as old as we're humans, we will find ways to make meaning out of our lives. The way I like to put it is, it's like we all got this hole. And it don't matter what you believe, what you don't believe, whether you're an atheist or whether you're a Southern Baptist, a Catholic, a Mennonite, Orthodox, it don't matter. For most people at some point in their life, they discover this hole that beckons to them What's your life going to mean? What does it matter? When you die and you're old, will you look back on your life and think to yourself, I made a difference? There was a purpose to it or not? Lots of ways to fill that hole. You can fill it with a lot of good things, faith, family, meaningful things that help others. You can Fill it with things that are kind of in between. How do I look? How fit am I? 
How much money do I have in the bank? What have I accomplished? And then you can fill it with things that are just outright bad. You can fill it with drugs and alcohol and sex and addiction. But the hole will be filled. It will be filled. Now, in my experience, ultimately, there's only one thing that satisfies that hole. There's only one thing that you put in that hole. And instead of leaving you wanting more and digging the hole deeper and needing more and more temporal things to fill it, there's only one thing that ultimately quenches it. And that's faith. That's faith in Jesus. That's faith in the Bible. Now, why is that? Why do I say that as opposed to some other religion? Well, to me, not to go into a long diatribe, it's the personal nature of it. It's the personal nature of our faith, that it's not just some creed, and it's not just some, you know, fairy tale from thousands of years ago. It's a person. I remember visiting Jerusalem and the Holy Land at a time that wasn't that I didn't believe. I don't think there's ever been a point in my life I didn't believe. I just, there's definitely been points I took God for granted. There's been points I felt like I didn't need to believe. There's been points I was more universalist, like everything's good, all religion's good. And that's kind of where I was when I visited Jerusalem years ago with my dad and a other group of people. And we got to go to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, where inside is Christ's tomb. To enter, there's a little doorway. I don't even call it a doorway because it's so small. And you got to bend, you got to kneel as you go through it. Got to humble yourself. You enter that tomb. What do you enter that tomb for? Why do pilgrims go there? You enter that tomb to find life, to see where the thing, the person who gives us life was not just buried, but rose, overcame death so that we could overcome death. So appropriate. That to find that, to enter that, we have to humble ourselves. We have to bend over. Because it is in humility that we're able to fill the hole. It's the only way. It's the only way to find peace. It's the only way to God. It's the only way to Christ. Grace isn't cheap. It requires something of us. You know, you hear people argue about, you know, what's grace, what's works. It still requires something of you. You have to accept it. And how do you need to accept it? Got to accept it with humility. And then you can begin a relationship that fills the whole. And then just because you do that once doesn't mean you got to keep focused on it throughout your life. You go away from that. You start focusing on worldly things. You'll start digging the hole out again. And you might be someone who at some time was down on your knees saying, God, come to me. And you opened your heart and your soul to it. And then a month later or six months later or a year later or 10 years later, a lot of flashy things popped up. Those CrossFit people are pretty. They look good in their clothes. They look younger. They're attractive. They seem so full of life. Man, that tattoo's cool. Maybe I'll get me one. And then all of a sudden, other things 
you begin to search for to fill the hole, but they don't satisfy. They don't really require much of us. And then you lose sight of the thing that ultimately fills the hole. And then you get more empty and the hole gets deeper and it gets harder to fill and it leaves you wanting more. Yet, doesn't matter how much you work out, you're going to get old, you're going to get weak, your skin's going to get saggy, you're going to get wrinkles. Don't matter how many tattoos you get, it's still just ink and skin. It's ink and skin. Doesn't fill that hole. Go deep with your faith. I don't think we go deep enough. I think that's part of the problem. I think we want to make, in our culture, Western culture especially, you know, we want we want to make faith some like f- simple formula, you know. Accept Jesus and all's good. Well, maybe, but maybe it's not. I know plenty of people that have accepted Jesus and their life sucks. You got to continually follow and humble yourself. You know, if you're listening today and you've got questions about life, you got questions about faith. You're angry at God. You don't believe in God. You're indifferent to God. You look at pretty fit people and you go, if I were like them, I would be maybe I'd be happy. You know, this alcohol, these these drugs aren't so bad. They make me feel good for a minute. You know, if you're anywhere on the spectrum of that, my recommendation to you is to remember how you enter the holy sepulcher. You get down. You take your eyes off the world. You take your eyes off yourself and your own comfort, and you kneel and you get down. You know, when you when you go into that tomb, it's like marble. It's like stone. It's not comfortable. There's nothing comfortable about it. And when you go through, there's not a lot of space. And there's only one thing to focus on, and that is the tomb of Jesus and what it means in God. It's a beautiful place to get focused, but you don't need to go to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre to do that. You can do it right now in your home. You can turn out the lights and you can get down on your knees and you can just say, God, I've been chasing the wrong things. Fill me up. God, I haven't been going after you. I've been going after what other people think about me. and I've been going after how I'm going to feel and how I'm going to look, what I'm going to have in the bank. It's just going to leave you empty. But if you call out, if you cry out on your knees, you get what you need to fill the hole, to find peace, and then to have the clarity and direction to live the kind of life that leaves you fulfilled in moving forward and following the things that never leave you thirsty. So until next time, my friends, aim high. Google the Church of the Holy Sepulchre and look at that tomb and how you've got to enter. Let that remind you how you fill the hole. Spread your wings. There's a lot of people like me all over the world who want you to be free, to lift your burden, to fill the hole. 
and keep your eyes on the things that matter, not the things that fade away, not the things that lose their luster, not the things that we can't keep up with when we're old and alone. Keep your eyes on the things that matter, that no matter how old you get, they'll be with you. They'll surround you. They will comfort you, and they will fill you up. I'm your host, Siloam. Until next time, peace. You've been listening to The Pilgrim's Odyssey. Make sure you comment, share, and like this podcast so all of us together can let our light shine. For books, videos, and more content from me, your host, please visit Silouan.com. That is Silouan, S-I-L-O-U-A-N.com. Until your next visit on The Pilgrim's Odyssey, I'm your guide on life's wild ride, Silouan Green.